Welcome to Clued in Mystery. I'm Sarah. And I'm Brooke. And we both love mystery. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Sarah. I'm so happy to be back. Me too. I have to admit, I feel a little bit rusty, even though it was only a few weeks that we that we took as a break. I know. I think the holiday season uh, kind of took its toll, and I am feeling rusty this morning as well, but, but I'm so excited to talk to you and do our recap on our TBR holiday reading list. Yeah. So our, our last episode that we recorded before the holiday break was a list of what we were hoping to read and watch over the holidays. And um, yeah, we'll just share what our thoughts were. And I, I will admit there are a few things that I didn't get to. I think my list was perhaps a little ambitious. Yeah. So I will get started and I will talk about this uh, is the Wintering a Mystery um, by Anthony Berkeley, which was re-released in October of 2021, but uh, originally released in 1926. And just as a refresher, so it was originally released as a um, serial over 30 parts um, with a contest at the end to see who could guess what the solution was. So uh, this was a classic golden age mystery. There were many characters. They had different secrets, different motives. Uh, I thought it was really cleverly done. Um, and whenever I read something that has been serialized, I always wonder kind of where it had been broken up um, and how the author wrote it. And I didn't get a chance to to look that up, but it would be interesting. I think it would be interesting to see if I could track down the original like newspaper archives to just see what that what that was like. Um, when it was published serially, it was published under the name A.B. Cox. Uh, and then after the you know final um, of the chapters was released, it was then published as a novel under another pseudonym, A. Monmouth Platts, which I thought was really interesting because now it's published under Anthony Berkeley. Uh, I did think that it could have been tied up a little bit quicker because there were a lot of subplots, but um, I don't know if that's a function of the serialization. Um, so uh, yeah, as I mentioned, it was um, published with a, a contest to offer the best solution. And in the original description that I read, it said, you know, Agatha Christie's guess was wrong. Um, and I looked this up and according to Wikipedia, her husband, Archie's guess was one of the best solutions that was submitted. So I wow. wonder if there was maybe a little bit of, yeah, a little bit of family competition. Um, but this was, this was one of my favorites from, um, from the ones that I, that I read over the the break. And I, I'll definitely read another one by Berkeley because it really was kind of that classic um, uh, golden age mystery. Well, that sounds great. I love, I'm really intrigued by the multiple pen names and um, find it interesting because after you've had success with the serialization, then interesting to change up the name for the novel. I'm wondering what the story is behind that, but um, anyway, interesting. So the first uh, one that I'll review is um, my nonfiction pick, which is Monster She Wrote, The Women Who Pioneered Horror and Speculative Fiction. And um, much like the way I like to parcel out a collection of short stories, I've kind of decided to read this one bit by bit. They're just really nice, concise essays about a variety of women whom many of them I had never heard of, 
and explaining their lives and then their work as uh, women who really began the gothic fiction style. And it's just fascinating. There are so many stories, Sarah, that we have never read. And um, I'm really looking forward to learning about these authors and then looking into some of their work. But it's really written in a very lighthearted, even humorous style. So even though you're learning, you know, sometimes nonfiction books can be rather a drag to get through, but not this one. It's really fun and funny. And um, yeah, I'm learning a lot. So I'll have more to share in upcoming episodes about these fascinating women. Oh, I'm looking forward to that, Brooke. I think that that sounds really great. And I'm super excited to learn more about people that we haven't um, that mm-hmm. we haven't haven't been learning about yet. So I had two short story collections on my list. So The Perfect Crime, which was edited by Vasim Khan and Maxime Jakubowski, uh, which was released in November of 2022. And this was a collection of 22 short stories uh, set around the world. So I didn't get a chance to read all of uh, all of 22 of the stories in this anthology, but I did enjoy most of the ones that I read. Um one, and this is just like a really picky personal opinion, I would have liked for the author biographies to accompany each of the stories. So like to read a little bit about who wrote the story before the story, all the, uh, in the ebook version, at least all the author biographies were at the end. So I had to keep like, you know, jumping around, which is a little bit challenging in a, in a, in an ebook. Um, I think that's just me being very picky. Uh, of the ones that I read, my favorite was Jumping Ship by Oyenikin Braithwaite, who wrote My Sister the Serial Killer, which was quite, um, uh, I think it was released in 2018, that book. Uh, and it was nominated for a bunch of awards. And I haven't read it, but I, I definitely want to check that out. There were a few that were pretty dark. Um, and there was one that I actually couldn't finish because it was really starting to feel more like horror to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might revisit it uh, another time, maybe when I'm not reading, you know, in the middle of the night, but, you know, reading in the day with the lights on, I might feel a bit more <laughs> like I can finish it because, the, the, you know, the story was good, but it just was like, oh, don't do that. I can't read anymore. <laughs> but I did, I did enjoy, um, I did enjoy the stories that I read from that, from that collection. Yeah, those sound great. And I'm with you. If it's late at night and it gets too scary, I either have to turn the television off or um, or close the book because I, I can't get too scary in the middle of the night. The next one that I will talk about is Crossing the Witch Line. And this is book two in the Bella Rose Witch Line series by T.L. Brown. And this was my not a mystery per se, because it has mystery elements, but it's not necessarily a murder mystery. And I'll just quick note to remind our listeners that this is an 18 and up um, series, the Bella Rose Witch Line, uh, because of adult situations and elements of horror. Um, But this did not disappoint. I really am into this series, which is a surprise because I don't read a lot of fantasy. But 
uh, Brown does a really great job of bringing in a lot of metaphor and symbolism where she's like weaving in deeper meaning. And I really enjoy that. I actually found myself thinking about the book for days and days after, um, you know, and just kind of on a broad spectrum, it's like a good and evil heaven and hell and how, you know, you kind of need both good and bad to balance out not only the world, but your life. And it, it, she just has a lot of um, deeper meanings that I, I love, but there is a dangerous love triangle and the main character's reputation is on the line. There's a lot at stake. So she, it's just, it's a great story. Um, it's a little steamy. So if you're not someone who wants to do steam, just beware. But um, I love these characters. And what makes it really fun is that Brown's first series is more of a, um, I would say a paranormal cozy. So it's lighthearted. It's appropriate for all ages. And she has crossover characters. So in this series, some of her characters from her um, lighthearted cozy show up and vice versa. So I, I've just really enjoyed that. It makes the whole world seem really real. And I'm looking forward to the next book, which I think is going to be out in 2023. Oh, that sounds that sounds really good. And I, I love it when a book like stays with me for a while. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, that is a, a mark of something that's, you know, been done really, really well. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of forgot to mention that the mystery comes in, in this, um, this, it's a prophecy that the main characters are trying to figure out. It's a, it's a book, it's a written prophecy. So you kind of have that treasure hunt element and that's where the mystery really comes in. So yeah, it's, it's well done. The next one that I will talk about is the second short story collection that I had on my list. And this was Marple, the 12 New Mysteries. So again, this was released by the Agatha Christie estate and they had 12 prominent um, crime writers write new Marple stories. Uh, and that was released in September of 2022. So I really admire uh, anyone who's willing to take on the challenge of writing within Agatha Christie's uh, space and, and writing with, um, you know, writing her characters. Um, it must have been so daunting to uh, work with a character who's so well known and, and created by an author who is as celebrated as Agatha Christie. Um, and what I liked about this is that uh, I've read works by some of the authors and some of the authors were new to me. So it was a, um, it was a nice introduction to some of those, to some of those others. Um, I think my favorite two stories were the ones by Karen McManus and um, by Ruth Ware. So um, yeah, I thought I, I, I enjoyed this. There were some that I enjoyed more than, than others, but those two um, stood out for me. Uh, and I am curious to see if the Christie estate will do something similar with Poirot or if they're just going to keep Sophie Hanna doing, mm -hmm. um, doing her thing, which she's doing a, you know, I think she's doing a great job of that. Um, so yeah, we'll see, or maybe, maybe they'll have um, some additional uh, st short story collections with some of the other sleuths that, um, that Agatha Christie had, had written um, originally. We'll right. See. Right. Yeah. That, that will be interesting to see. The one thing is for sure. And that that's the company is doing lots and lots to keep Agatha Christie's works alive, you know, 
whether it be in film or in these new collections, um, it, it's really great the way, and, and even in, you know, new additions, new covers and things like that, it really keeps her work alive for, you know, this upcoming generation. So I think it's great. So the next book that was on my list is one that I did not finish yet. And that is The Ink Black Heart. It, that's the Cormoran Strike novel. It's book six by Robert Galbraith, which is a pen name for J.K. Rowling. And I love this series, but to be honest, with a book that's a thousand pages, <laughs> it was a little bit daunting to get through over break. I have started, but I also got sidetracked because I had forgotten that um, a book that should have been on my list was Richard Osman's second book in his series, The Man Who Died Twice. And literally, Sarah, like the day after we recorded, I got notification from my Libby app that The Man Who Died Twice was available for me to check out from my library. And I thought, oh, dear, I need to do this or I'll end up back in the queue. So that kind of put my schedule off a little. So I'll talk about The Man Who Died Twice. Um it was fantastic, as I expected it to be. I really love this series. I think the characters are so endearing. And I think I said the first time when I talked about the first book that um, if this is what retirement living is going to be like, you know, I'm going to be a very happy person someday. Um, I believe that I actually liked book two better than book one, but it's hard for me to compare because I read book the first book as a paperback. And then my second uh, experience was with the audiobook. And, you know, Leslie Manville does such an amazing job reading that book, expressing the characters, you know, her, um, her accents are amazing, the way that she really brings the whole story to life. So it's a little difficult to compare those two experiences. But of course, anyone, if you have not started this series, you definitely want to. It's great. Something similar happened to me, Brooke, um, and book three in that series came available for me from the library. So yeah, I thought, okay, well, I, I've, I've got to listen to this now because <laughs> I don't want to wait for weeks and weeks again. <laughs> so I, I um, will use that as the excuse for why I didn't finish some of the other, um, some of the other things that were, that were on my list. But um, yeah, I, I agree. I think um Leslie Manville does such a great job in, in books one and two. She actually isn't the narrator for the third book. I think there, I assume there must've been a conflict because she was filming um, Magpie Murders. Um, I'm guessing that that was the, that was the reason. Um, but I really enjoyed book three, despite the change in, um, in narrator. It did take me a little bit to like kind of, um, get used to her because she has a slightly different style than, than Leslie Manville. But um, yeah, it, it was, uh, the series just continues to be excellent. Uh, what I didn't get to read as a result of reading um, uh, or listening to uh, The Bullet That Missed, um, which is the third book in the Richard Osmond series, um, was These Names Make Clues by ECR Lorac. So that was the second of the Golden Age mysteries that i um, that I'd chosen. It was originally released in 1937 and then re-released, um, I think last year. Uh, so I am going to try again with, uh, try, I will start over with that because I had just started listening to it and then Richard Osmond's book came in and I thought, okay, I, I have to put this aside. So I'm going to, um, give that another, give that another try later. 
So we'll just say that if we didn't complete our mission, Richard Osman made us do it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so my uh, next book that I'll talk about is The Ballard Down Murder by Rachel McLean. Um, and overall, I enjoyed this. This is a prequel story to uh, her series, and I enjoyed it a lot. It's a free download for anybody who would like to go to her website and grab that. And it's a novella length book. Um, her writing is really good and it has that great British humor, uh, that you maybe get from sort of like a Richard Osman. And, but it also reminded me a bit of the Tana French books because it's a police procedural, but rather than the kind of procedurals where it's just very superficial, you definitely do get into the characters and you get to know who they are and their personal relationships. My only criticism is just kind of a personal thing uh, that I don't like cliffhangers. Uh, you can leave um, issues unresolved for me, but like I want the mystery to be solved and the mystery doesn't get solved in this book. And since it's a read reader magnet, I'm sure that the intention that she makes is for that people to go and grab the, the first book in the series and, and finish that story. But honestly, I felt like her writing was strong enough that she could have definitely just given us one contained short story. And I think we still would go and, and get into her to get into her series and learn more about those characters. Um, what about you, Sarah? What do you think about cliffhangers? Uh, yeah, I think I agree. Um, I don't mind them if uh, all of the books are out and you can kind of go from mm -hmm. one to the next, to the next right away. Um, but yeah, it, it's a little bit, um, maybe a bit frustrating as a reader to have that build up and then not not get that resolution. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, so um, next on my list is uh, Secluded Cabin Sleep Six. So this is by Lisa Unger. It was released in um, uh, the fall of 2022. And this was the first book that I'd read by her. Um, and I actually read this after I read Louise Penny's book, um, The World, A World of Curiosities, which I'll talk about later. Um, but it's because I wanted something lighter after reading um, <laughs> A World of Curiosities, just to give you a sense of how I felt about that book. So this is a domestic thriller where, um, just as a reminder, you know, um, three couples are going to a, a to a secluded cabin and um you know there's all the secrets and lies that that come with domestic thrillers um there were some additional characters to the to the uh main six um and it wasn't clear until the end kind of how everybody was re related um which i think it you know kept kept me reading and I'll definitely um read another by by her but this was um yeah it was I really needed something else after reading Louise Penny's book so this was um this was great for that I've been looking forward to your to your review on this one um because it the concept sounds super good to me but I also think that it says a lot about what you're probably experienced from the Louise Penny book, if this was considered light reading, because this has a level of darkness itself, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that I was planning to watch over the hiatus, but 
failed to look at the calendar, apparently, is Pale Blue Eye, based on the book by Louis Bayard. It literally comes out tonight. We're <laughs> we're recording this on January 6th of 2023. <laughs> and it's not released until tonight. So let's just say that tonight I have a date with Christian Bale. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, so I also had something that I wanted to watch that was on my list, and that was the Three Pines TV series. Um, and so that's eight, it was eight episodes that were released over four Fridays in December. Um, and I only managed to watch six of the eight episodes um, because there were some other, th- you know, Christmas holiday movies that we were watching and, and um, a few other things. And, you know, I can't choose all of the things that we watch. My husband gets to, gets to choose sometimes too. So... <laughs> Um, I will say that uh, each pair of episodes was a uh, mystery into itself. Um, and then there's an overarching mystery um, over the course of the um, the eight that I assume gets resolved in the in the final two episodes. Um, and I, so I did think that each episode got better. I after the first two, I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. Inspector Gamache and Beauvoir, I thought were very well cast, but some of the um, the members of the Three Pines community, I thought were maybe um, not quite how I have them pictured in in my mm-hmm. head. So I'm curious about what others who haven't read the books felt about the um, about the show. And it has been so long since I read the stories that the episodes were based on that I'm I think I'm going to have to go back to. Um, the beginning of um, of the series and and started over again, um, but I did really like uh, the incorporation of police treatment of Indigenous people. I don't remember that being part of the original books, but it's certainly something that you know is uh, that needs to be talked about in in Canada because there has been um, you know a history mm-hmm. of of um, mistreatment. Right. Right. I think that is a risk that's run whenever you um, create a, a film or TV adaptation of a long running series is that, you know, we have that feeling of that's not what that person looks like, or that's not how I envision that person. Um, I know Sue Grafton always said that she didn't want her Kinsey Milholm series to ever be um, you know, on the screen because of that, she wanted everyone to have their own characters and she's since passed away. And I have heard that there are some, there is work in the future for, uh, a film or TV adaptation of that series. And it, yeah. And I don't, you know, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, I would think that it would be nice to bring a new generation to the work, but I know that it was her wish to keep Kinsey in our imaginations. So um, anyway, that was just a little aside. Oh, interesting. So the last item on my list is one that I actually am going to hold and not talk about yet, even though I did watch The Luckiest Girl Alive uh, based on the book by Jessica Knoll. I'm going to save my thoughts for a future episode because Sarah and I have decided that this will be our next pick for the next What Would You Do episode. We're both planning on reading The Luckiest Girl Alive and then also watching the Netflix adaptation. And then we will do our What Would You Do episode. I'm really looking forward to that. So yeah, that's on my list of things to read in the, and, and watch in the next little bit. 
So the final thing that I'm going to talk about is A World of Curiosities by Louise Penny. And this was a really tough book for me to read. <laughs> Sorry, Brooke. <laughs> no, it's okay. So I especially found the first few chapters where um, she talks about the Montreal massacre really difficult. Um, that's because it's based on actual events that... So even though it happened in 1989, um, it's one of those events that... Uh, continues to sit with me as being um, really defining. So I was only 11 when it happened. Um, But uh, for people who don't know, it was um, a shooting of women engineering students in Montreal. And um, it, I think, as a nation was a very pivotal moment for us. Uh, Anyway, I only realized that that was part of the story uh, when I read an article um, in one of our uh, magazines, local magazines, um, interviewing Louise Penny. And and she talks about one of the characters in the book is based on um, one of the women who survived uh, that event. Anyway, um, I understand why this was part of... uh, why this was something that she wanted to talk about. Louise Penny was a reporter at the time. Um, and so, you know, it, it clearly affected her. It was in Montreal. Of course it would have affected Gamache. Um, you know, he would have been working at the time. And I really actually enjoyed uh, that bit of backstory and as well as the backstory around how he and uh, Beauvoir uh, originally met. Um, and I did enjoy the rest of the, the rest of the book. I just found that particular element to be really, really difficult to read and obviously to um, to talk about. So I am curious about how people who aren't Canadian and didn't experience that event, how mm-hmm. that resonated with them, because I imagine it, it may not be something that is present in, in other people's, um, you know, if you weren't, uh, in Canada at the time, it may not have been something that you were, that you were aware of. Um, so yeah, we can talk about it at, at another time, Brooke, cause I don't think you've read it yet. Have you? I haven't. Um, I, I was wondering, does Penny have any sort of author note or anything to let readers know that, that she's referencing a actual event? Yeah, yeah, the 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 author's note talks about that. Because sadly, you know, you and I spoke um, when we were not recording at one point, and you told me about this event, and and I was unaware of it. Um, so I think, as sad as that is, you're right that a lot of readers might not even have that event on their radar. So I'm glad that she did express and explain that, you know, this isn't fictional. This is a, a real tragedy that that occurred. Um, but yes, well, we should definitely revisit it later. And, um, and, uh, well, I, I will say that, um, I read the first couple of chapters and, you know, tears streaming down my eyes. And I actually had to put the book aside for a few days and I wasn't sure if I was going to finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am glad that I did, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was certainly 
part of the story, but it wasn't the whole story. Um, and, uh, you know, it was um, as as good a mystery as, as any of the other um, mysteries in the series. So uh, I think that's that's my list, Brooke. Yes, that's what I managed to accomplish over our break. And I I enjoyed the time to read and to, um, you know, enjoy our family time. It was it was a great break. And we're ready to hit the ground running with more new episodes of Clued in Mystery. I can't wait. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. I'm Brooke. And I'm Sarah. And we both love mystery. Clued in Mystery is produced by Brooke Peterson and Sarah M. Stephen. Music is by Shane Ivers at silvermansound.com. Visit us online at cluedinmystery.com or social media at cluedinmystery. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, or telling your friends.